Good evening and welcome to the CASA update for the week of 11-9-2015. Hi Alex, how are you this evening? Good, how are you doing? I'm good. So, I guess we'll start with the famous question, what's been going on this week? Well, I was uh, contemplating the value of starting every every one of our podcasts going forward and perhaps every email we send to people with uh, the FDA deeming regulations are going to destroy the vapor industry. Maybe I should say that louder. Did that not have the impact? <laughs> um, it has the impact for me, but I feel like I've been running around screaming it for years. So. Yeah. I just I just read another article out of Cook County, and one of the quotes is uh, that uh, coming from a, a retailer that they are uh, in favor of FDA regulation. Oh my god! Oh, they they welcome the FDA regulation. <laughs> I don't I, I I don't know how to really put this any more softly. Um, if if you still think that you are in favor of the FDA regulating electronic cigarettes, you are not paying attention and you have not read the impact that these regulations will have. Um, this is not, I, I, I posted up a kind of a snippy Instagram post today. Um, <laughs> there, there's, there's really no more room for debate here on what the impact of the deeming regulations will be. We're not talking about just prohibiting sales to minors. We're not talking about just putting warning labels on e-liquid, which in itself carries its own kind of damaging effects. Um, we're, not, we're not talking about product standards. We're not, we're not that's, that's, not, that's not it. Um, there are millions and millions of dollars involved here that none of these manufacturers are going to be able to afford. And I, I, I kind of imagine that some of these people are looking at this and thinking like, oh, well, I'm just going to grab the nearest, uh, you know, Farsolino study and uh, maybe something from, from Michael Siegel and, um, and maybe Casa has got some stuff on their website. I'm just going to package that together and say, this is the name of my juice and uh, we're going to submit that to the FDA and everything is going to be fine. Mm. Absolutely not. Mm -mm. Um, <clears throat> so I, I think people really, really need to wrap their head around just how bad this is. Uh, and uh, I'm headed to Tulsa this week. I'm going to be attending the vaping convention circuit in Tulsa. Um, so if you're in Oklahoma and are coming to that event, uh, come and say hi. It gets kind of lonely over at the Casa table because we're not selling anything. Um, but uh, we love to talk to people and um, bring your bring your skeptical friends, and we'll talk about FDA deeming regulations. Uh, and I'll give them some flyers, and, and they can go hand them out, and, and they can take action. It'll be great. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm attending. I believe there's going to be sort of a, a uh, a business type dinner event on Thursday. Um, I, I don't have any of the details, but uh, one of the things that I we try to do when we go to these things is actually talk to the vendors and, and get them to understand just how bad this is going to be. Um, we don't obviously represent their interests, but as consumers, we want to continue shopping at their store. So 
if, if the FDA doesn't allow you to carry any products, you're not open, um, which yeah. is bad for us. Mm-hmm. So that's my opening rant. The FDA deeming regulations are real. <laughs> you need to you need to be paying attention and taking action, uh, and no, you you don't support them. Um, I'm not that dictating. That was a rant. Yeah. That, okay. that was rant. That was a very calm rant. Maybe that's me ranting. I, I don't know. Alex, <laughs> Alex, you need lessons, sweetie. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty that's even keel. I mean, that's you know, maybe I should get more emotional. I don't know. Uh. I, I don't know how much more uh, you can uh, emotionally appeal to people. This is a this is a logic and reason thing. Now, I mean, I'm not saying go full Spock on people, but maybe they'll grasp that. Yeah. One thing um, to point out to people: we haven't. Um, I guess it was last year. One of the uh, I, I was watching something else with uh, Cynthia Cabrera from, uh, from Safada. Um, and she made a point, and a lot of other people are going to be making this point going forward. Uh, and uh, this, is, this has to do with OMB, OIRA. Um, what the Office of Management and Budget is looking at while they are reviewing the deeming regulations is primarily the economic impact that this rule will have on the country. Um, and so one of the things that I think consumers should should think about, uh, and this is something that we had people do last year, but we have a lot of new people involved and they may not have participated in this call to action. Um, I'll have to, I, did, I didn't research this before I came on. I, I should go back and look at our list. Uh, you can, if you're, if, you're, uh, if you're interested, you can go back through our FDA calls to action It'll take a little bit of hunting because our website is a little bit uh, changed around right now. Um, but one of the things that we released last year was talking about the, the variety of products that you have. I mean, just look around your space and see you know, how many different brands, how many different flavors, um, how many different nicotine strengths, how many different devices. These are all, every single one of those different products that you have on your table is is going to have to go through FDA's pre-market approval application process. Right. So, you know, each one of those products represents a million dollars, possibly, right. or, or more. Uh, I mean, that, that one bottle <laughs> represents, yeah. at the very least, hundreds of thousands of dollars just to get one application in for that product. Um, and of course, you know, there's money that you spend on those products, and that money is paying somebody's uh, salary or wage. It's keeping a store open that's providing employment for several people, and so on and so forth. So uh, there are the, the economists can work out the, the minutia of what I'm trying to put together here, but um, I, I think it's an important thing for consumers to start thinking about is that. You know, we don't have the same perspective that the businesses have on the economic impact of these regulations, but we certainly have um, some perspective of the economic impact, what we buy. Um, and then, of course, I, I think, you know, there's the economic, uh, th- there's a dollar amount that you can assign to people's um, well-being, 
and obviously, you know, our, our improved health mm-hmm. uh, means, you know, we're not losing productivity. Um, I guess we should probably not mention the amount of money that we don't spend on maybe certain prescription medications or hospital stays because that's sort of a negative, I think. But <laughs> probably, <laughs> yeah. You can talk about, you know, the money that you're spending in your local economy and, um, you know, the amount of time that you can still be at work because you're not sick or something like that. Right. So anyway, just throwing it out there. There's no official call to action regarding that right now, but I think over the next couple of months, that's that's something for people to, to you know, take an inventory and see just how much money uh, you can personally uh, account for in, in the industry. Right. Um, so yeah, that's that's that. And of course, I you know, I think going forward, we're going to have more. Uh, I mean, we have a call to action up right now. Nothing has changed um, as far as encouraging people to call the White House and urge OMB to, well, I guess at this point it would be urging OMB to just reject the FDA regulations outright. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, We're sort of at that stage. So um, that call to action is... I, I, as far as I'm concerned, it's going to be active until we get some sort of official word from an OMB. Right. Uh, uh, and, of course, the HR 2058. Um, I'm moving along quickly here. I don't know why, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, the, uh, so the, the, I guess what kind of the quote I dragged this out of was an article that was written about the uh, proposed tax in Cook County, uh, Illinois. Um, We still have a call to action active for that. I know that um, some people have already spoken to county commissioners. Uh, I believe there was already a hearing, Um, but uh, that's that's no reason to to back off. Um, Mm -hmm. This is not a point and click type of thing. This is a local type of alert so uh contact information is up there some talking points uh and people should absolutely take advantage of the information we've provided to uh give some feedback to cook county commissioners um and i need to do a little bit more research um i guess it was last week the week before last um while we were i think while we were on the air with 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 genie yeah. Um, I saw people chatting about the uh, the tax in Chicago, which mm-hmm. apparently had been bumped up to 55 cents a milliliter. Um, I was looking at the budget process for Chicago, and although the budget has been approved, mm-hmm. there's still an opportunity to make changes, from what I understand. I don't want to give anybody any false hope, and I don't want to spread any misinformation about the process, but it looks like you know, between now and January 1st, uh, there is still an opportunity for people to tweak things. So the budget's set. They've got what they're going to be spending money on, and they, they know where that funding source is. So if you're going to carve anything out of the budget, you also need to find something to replace that money. So that's there's potentially some room to work there. And um, I, I'm honestly kind of shocked that Chicago went full tilt. I mean, this a 55 cents per milliliter is well over a hundred percent tax. 
Um, uh, and if you do, if you use the Americans for Tax Reform math, it's an infinity tax. But um, just just because no tax other than sales tax has existed on it before. Um, right. But uh, yeah, that's. I mean, that's. I, I would say that's likely that is probably the highest tax in the country. Probably. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, Chicago has gone off its rocker and, and I, I <laughs> really, I really hope something happens with that. Um, and I'm going to be reaching out to, to people, I think over the next couple of weeks to see if there's anything that, that we can do to help support, um, getting that out of the budget. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Chicago and Cook County folks, um, still, it's it's absolutely vital that you put some pressure on, on your your policymakers there. Um, and I guess just a little bit up the way, moving right along, um, this is a call to action that I'm going to be putting the finishing touches on tonight. Um, St. Paul, Minnesota. <laughs> Sorry, St. Paul, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. is looking at uh, an ordinance, Ordinance 15-57, uh, which this has been introduced. Uh, this was introduced a week or two ago, uh, and this would prohibit the sale of flavored vapor products with the exception of tobacco, menthol, and wintergreen. Um, <sighs> essentially folding, you know, the... the the, the target of this, I think, was originally flavored cigars, mm -hmm. whatever. Um, and they've just included vapor products in this. Um, so, you know, we, we went through, you know, the, the, the trendy bit of legislation that made the rounds over the past year or two has been the uh, usage bans, indoor indoor vape bans, public right. vaping bans. Mm -hmm. uh, and now we're moving on to the flavors. And um, this is, I, I can't give, I, I can't confirm anything, but I know that, you know, I, I know that Greg had tweeted some, Greg Conley from the American mm -hmm. Vaping Association, also on our board of advisors, I tweeted something out that, uh, you know, he saw or heard, heard from a guy who knows a guy that works at the FDA, apparently, uh, that the uh, flavors are going to be given six months to get their, get their pre-market approval applications in. Everything else gets two years. There's a two-year grace period. Flavors, six months. Yeah. So when here's here's the process. When the deeming regulations are finalized, right. from that date, manufacturers have two years to get their pre-market approval applications in. Right. Meaning, if your product wasn't on the market in February fifteenth, two thousand seven, mm -hmm. you know by that date, you have to submit a pre-market approval application. I I don't know how to use smaller words to describe that other than you know, you're screwed. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, no, it, that's, it, that's, that's what no, we were talking about at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it, it makes sense, though. I mean, when they've... Because I know Bill Godshall and I know that uh, Cynthia Cabrera have both done different 
workups on what it would cost per per man hour to do this. And I think the last number I saw that was even low was going to be like $2 million per product. Yeah. That's frightening. Yeah. And that's, and that's not a guarantee that $2 million buys you a bunch of paper and some stamps that doesn't, that doesn't buy you approval. That's just, you get your application in and while the FDA reviews your application, your stuff can stay on the market, but you know, give it another year and they can come back and say denied. And if you make any changes to your product in that time, guess what? <laughs> you get to do it all over again. There's $2 million more. dollars. So, yes. um, yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the, the rumor that I personally, I, I don't think I have much of a problem with spreading this because people are still, I think willfully in the dark about the impact these regulations are going to have. So let's stoke up the fire a little bit. Mm-hmm. Things like tobacco, menthol, and wintergreen are likely going to get a longer period of time to go through the approval process. But but, but there's still a, f- but there's still an added flavor, Alex. Sure, it depends on how it's written. I mean, and, and I think it's it's not too. It's not too weird to assume that that a tobacco flavor would be something that they would say okay yeah it's tobacco flavor um but if you're going to talk about you know gummy bear and cherry crush and whatever other sensationalized cherry limeade yeah whatever they like to talk about um Mm -hmm. those things i think are going to immediately receive a lot more scrutiny um and so it's Again, I, I, I hate to be the person that's sitting here condoning spreading missing misinformation, but we don't, but we don't we don't really yeah. the the problem is we don't really know. Even yeah. with with our meeting with the the OMB, we can't see the regulations before we go in to tell them the impact this is going to have on consumers. We don't really know. All we can do is go with the best information we've got. If that's the best information we've got we've still got to run with that and and other people are going to be having these meetings as well it's better to go with the rumor even just in the back of your head i think knowing that that's a possibility than going in completely ignorant isn't it yeah and i I think that we i mean we actually do know quite a bit we don't know that much that's new um i think so the deeming regulations have been released since the last time CASA met with OMB. Um, I, I believe the, the meeting with OMB happened prior to FDA regulations being published. Um, so yeah, in the interim, we have seen the proposed regulations. We haven't seen any changes to the regulations, but there's no reason to assume that they have been changed in a substantive way in our favor. Um, if anything, uh, you know, if that leaked document that it was the advice to, to industry, um, right. if that if that, you know, if that demonstrates anything, it's that they've just sort of defined things a little bit more. They haven't they haven't done anything to, to mitigate the impact to the industry or consumers. They've just used better words, I guess. 
I have a question. I'm not trying to muddy the waters or anything, but didn't the FDA release a statement that no draft guidance or anything has, has been released to any? No, um, they didn't they... really say that, I don't believe. But go ahead, Alex. Yeah, I, I, it's, I think it's more along the lines of they didn't authorize anything to be released, um, and they, I don't think they're going to confirm that what was released came out of their office. Uh, and, of course, the FDA statement that the press release was followed shortly by, um, uh, I think, uh, at least one congressperson uh, coming out and saying that they wanted to launch an investigation about the leak. Yeah. Which sounds just incredibly worthwhile. Uh, so, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, regardless, I, I just kind of using that as an example, I think of what you know those missing bits of information that we have. I think are just more refined definitions. Uh, it's it's sort of more writing. It's not necessarily that they've considered any of the input that that any of us have have. Uh, presented um so i you know and regardless you know this is the reason why hr 2058 is so important mitch zeller has stated publicly many times that they are going to follow the letter of the law and Mm -hmm. as far as the center for tobacco products sees it the letter of the law means if your product wasn't on the market prior to february 15th 2007 you're going to have to go through the pre-market approval process. Yep. So that one point alone, <laughs> that's really, I think, what makes this so disastrous. The whole thing is disastrous. If, if this requires an act of Congress to change it, because an act of Congress is what made this possible in the first place. There's also, I mean, there's the lawsuit route, which is inevitable. Um, you know, I, it's, I think it's safe to say that there are, you know, a few people out there with their finger on the button. Um, so, uh, it, again, I'm, I'm not trained as a lawyer. I can't really speak to, you know, how that process works or what the outcome would be. But, um, you know, things that Congress can't get together and decide sometimes are decided in the courts. So, yeah. Um, that's that's also an alternative. But, and I want to say this with all sincerity and strongness, none of that's a guarantee, and none of that is a reason that anybody should relax. Um, don't, don't just vape on, man. Uh, you know, pick up the phone and call your, your representative and, and, and send an email uh, and... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Should I, Engage but... with your Congress people. They they forget that they represent you. They represent your interests. You are the ones that hired them. You put them in office. They're supposed to represent your interests. Make them do it. Step and, up and tell them. Make them do it. And and feel free to, to use that, that that talking point of, you know, how much you shop at your your friendly neighborhood vapor store, and how much money you spend there, um, and 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 bring bring a shop owner with you if you want. Uh, it's you know 
if, if, if dollar signs are what make these people perk up their ears and listen, then uh, don't don't be bashful about, about bringing that that point with you to a meeting. Oh yeah, dollar signs and votes. That's it's it's kind of a it almost seems like a numbers game. Um, make sure you appeal to the banker in them, I guess. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, don't give up. We haven't. Don't give up. So that's that's um, that's that. I I do want to bring something up that I we haven't released a call to action on this because frankly uh, I think. Utah Vapors have put together a pretty solid thing here, um, and uh, I, I just I honestly haven't devoted enough time to trying to improve or offer anything different. Um, but if you are a Utah resident uh, or you're somebody who does business with Utah, um, please take a moment and check out Utah Smoke Free Association. Uh, actually, this is this is the front page of their website. Um, this is worth reminding, um, the, I think the last day for public comment on this regulation, and this is what this is, is I believe this is the Utah Department of Health implementing things that were uh, laid out in House Bill 415 that was passed this year mm -hmm. um and so there, there's a breakdown here for retailers manufacturers and for consumers um and uh comments are due by 5 p.m on october 15th i'm oh, sorry 5 p.m on november 16th okay um and uh yeah there are all, all these things are getting emailed to one person in the utah government so um the email is listed there and uh, pretty clear instructions from Utah Smoke Free. So uh, take advantage of the work that they've done. Yeah, no, it, it, it's good, actually. Um, and it really is impressive what happens when you have uh, people in each state who are really plugged into what's going on in their territory. The, the kind of work that they can pull together. Yeah. Yeah. And these guys, and, and you know, these guys I honestly have, I, I, I caught some criticism from somebody uh, in our Facebook page. Um, I, I'm not going to give it, I'm not going to put this person on blast or anything. It's, I mean, it, it's a fair point. Um, I just think that some people misunderstand the, the role that, that we take as a, as an organization. Uh, and of course, with the amount of work that we had on our plate this year, um, there there are some things that fell through the cracks, um, and there there were some things that we you know weren't able to follow up on. But when when we have somebody who is actually on the ground in a state that is you know, developing relationships with lawmakers and has a network of people there, most of the time, what we're going to end up doing is just rebroadcasting the stuff that you've put together and trying to reach people in our email database that may not be plugged into what you're doing. 
Um, and, you know, to be honest, as long as everybody's kind of talking about the same thing, um, I, I don't necessarily think that it, it, it does, it may or may not do anybody any favors for us to maybe try to step in and take the reins on something. Um, that's, that's not our, our role. Um, so I, I just, anybody in any of these state associations that, that did work this year to, you know, protect consumer access to vapor products in your state, just know that we fully appreciate your efforts and we're here to support in most cases. Uh, and I, I am a rather accessible person. Uh, I, I am on Facebook, I'm on Twitter. My email is aclark at kasa.org. Uh, I can be reached through board at kasa.org. Um, mm -hmm. when, when those emails from those are not being buried by Chinese spam uh, and other <laughs> weird emails that we get, I yeah. you know, will make it a point to respond. As long as I can understand what you've written, um, I, I will, will try to respond if it's a legislative issue. Um, so uh, again, at, you know, going into next year, next year is, I, I try, I try not to think about it too much, but I, 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 you know, and Julie's even said, you know, 2016 is going to be just as bad, if not worse than 2015. So yeah, it is. everybody, yeah. you know, the, the FDA deeming regulations are horrible and mm -hmm. the, the likelihood of them being finalized and introduced, you know, probably spring of 2019, 2016 is, is pretty high. That's, that's a good, good chance, but there's still going to be a gap between when those regulations are finalized and when the FDA starts enforcing them. So there's a two-year gap there where states are still going to be able to make the argument that the FDA doesn't regulate these products. We need to step in and do all kinds of crazy stuff. Yep. Uh, and of course, even after FDA regulation, taxes and states doing things like regulating flavors, that's still an option. It's still on the table. Uh, all of the bad policy that we saw this year, the states can still do all of that stuff FDA regulations or not. So um, just a, 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 I guess, a polite reminder, if, if you will, any place that we can help uh, for folks at the state level, please reach out to us um, and, and we'll, we'll do what we can. I'm, I'm Jeannie even put, I, I can't even rant properly. Uh, <laughs> I, I am a very even keeled person to work with and, and very receptive. So um uh, Alex is very calm. You're, he's yeah, you're he's very calm old, with the amount of stuff he's dealing nice with. Nice guy, Alex. You really <laughs> are, and you work tirelessly. But honey, you you don't bitch well. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a woman thing. It it might be it might be like a, a genetically uh, predisposed thing that women are just able to do. I I don't know. Um, but yeah, no. Um, Nothing, let's be honest, in the next couple of years, nothing uh, in the states, uh, in the local legislation is going to get really more awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not, it's not going to get better. Um, so, yeah, it's, we're, we're, we're just warming up here. Yeah. So that's it. 
we're just getting started. Yep. So on that note, uh, please, I, I, we should probably wrap this up before Julie <clears throat> uh, puts a hit out on us. Um, uh, <laughs> on that note, please yes. support HR 2058. Uh, tell your friends, tell your vape shop owners. Um, there's a flyer that they can print out and post up in their window. There's bit.ly links, there's QR codes, there's all kinds of stuff that people can use and, and spread Instagram around. Instagram pictures. I, yeah. I saw somebody hung up one of our flyers in like a barbecue joint. That's awesome. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Just taking the random bulletin boards and, you know, in uh, laundromats and stuff. That's, that's a yeah. great idea. Exactly. Exactly. You know, there's, there's community bulletin boards all over the place. Print a couple off, hang them up. That's, you know, that's your two minutes of activism for the month and you'll have done more good than you know. Yep. Um, so, um, okay. We, if you've not already joined CASA, please do so at CASA.org. We are CASA Media on Instagram and Twitter and um, Google+. Plus. So, Come on down and join us and, and see what we're doing and help us help you to stop the forward march of bad regulations. Perfect. <laughs> it's good. Um, thank you so much for everything you do for us, Alex, and we'll see you next week. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Good night. Night.